0: 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we read verses 11 through 15, 11 through 15. And uh, while you're turning there, I know I've read this before, but tonight I'm going to read it for Charity, because we were talking about poems, right, Charity? So I don't know if she's, this is is a poem I wrote right after I got saved, right? And so, uh, you know, Charity writes, Poetry very well. So, this is a poem. I got saved. You know that, you know, when I got saved, May 19, 1987. And I wrote this in July, just a couple months after I got saved. As a reminder, glad to be saved. And even though it's been 35 and a half years, I'm still glad to be saved. So, just a reminder, it says this. Jesus Christ, Savior of my life, is the bearer of all my burdens and strife. Yes, I'm human. I was born in sin. But when I accepted Jesus, I was born again. Born again, you say, oh, yes, but not of the womb. I was changed within by the one who was raised from the tomb. Though at times my days seem tough and my days seem long, I just ask on my Savior and he keeps me strong. Yes, I'm saved. I am God's son. No need to ask which God because there's only one. Now, you can tell this a long time because this was when we only had Tasha. So it says this, you know, I love my girl and I love my wife, but I love even more. Knowing I have eternal life. I like the beauty of the sun and the beauty of the birds, but there's nothing more beautiful than God's mighty words. Yes, it's great to read about Noah and the mighty flood and to know that and to know there's nothing stronger than the power and the blood. A lot of things in this world are as expensive as could be, but to get to salvation, that's free. Well, just one more thing I'd like to say before I close this poem. Are you living in sin? Are you on a constant roam? Do you feel like no one cares, like you're all alone? God cares. I want you to please settle down and make your heart his home. So glad to be saved. Wrote that right after I got saved, and I'm still glad to be saved. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, beginning verse 11. We'll try to be quick here through 15. Says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Let's pray again. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people that are here tonight and listening in. And Lord, I pray you just, uh, uh, Lord, continue to encourage us through the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for uh, Brother Moyer and uh, his wife and family and their testimony. Thank you for what you've done in his life. Thank you for how you work through him. Uh, Lord, to be a great witness for you and meet, uh, lead others to Christ. Give them traveling mercies as they're on the road uh, uh, tomorrow. And again, we think of the Thomases, Brother Ben, and others. Lord, we think of those, again, with physical needs. Lord, again, <laughs> Sister uh, Judy and uh, Lord, just uh, no doubt there's people here with burdens upon their heart. Lord, please help them and encourage them. And Lord, even tonight, uh, we don't want to take it for granted that everybody's saved. If there's somebody listener or here that's not saved even tonight, dear God, that their heart would be convicted and stirred. And uh, Lord, they'd come to know you as personal Savior. And Lord, to thy glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so notice uh, verse 12, focus on that for a moment. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, right, and are over you in the Lord. Right? Talking about pastors, leaders in the church. And admonish you. And admonish you. So I want to think on that word admonish tonight. And then look down in verse 14. It says this, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. (laughs) That word warn and that word admonish are actually (laughs) the same word. You know, verse 11 says this. Comfort yourselves together. Edify one another as also ye do. You know, we like the thought and we like to emphasize often about uh, comforting one another and and edifying one another and encouraging one another. But and that's good to do. Amen. We want to we want to be for those. The Bible says weep with those that weep and rejoice with those uh, that rejoice. We want to be there and comfort one another and be a, a blessing to one another. But. Uh, admonishment is part of the message as well. You know, and uh, it says here, again, them that are over you and admonish you. So uh, we need to remember that a, 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 a loving pastor or somebody that cares about you, you know what? They want to admonish you too. They want to warn you too. That's uh, part of it. You know, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, I write not these things to shame you, He said, listen, I'm not getting on you because I'm trying to embarrass you. I'm not getting on you because I'm trying to make you look bad. But he says this. I write not these things to save you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. He says the reason I'm uh, bringing these things up about things you need to work on in your life is because I care about you. And I want you to have the best relationship you can have with the Lord. And so I warn you about some things. You know, part of preaching and teaching, right? We like to hear about doctrine. We like to hear about love and grace. And, you know, the word out there thinks that's about the only thing you're supposed to talk about anymore is, you know, well, you know, my God's a God of love and all those things. Well, listen, uh, 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 warning people and admonishing people and reproving people is part of the message as well. You know, Colossians 128 says this, whom we preach, talking about Jesus, warning every man. And teaching every man in all wisdom. Why? That we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So, you know, it talks about those that are over you, leaders in the, in, in the, the church, the, the pastors. And of course, leaders, leaders should set an example. And of course, they should pay the price to help others in Christian love. But not only are we to give as, as, as leaders in the church, as pastors and stuff, not only are we supposed to give, again, encouraging counsel. But also, it's our responsibility to warn the flock of dangers and reprove uh, uh, for whatever may be amiss in somebody's life. Now, of course, uh, it talks about those that are over you in the Lord, you know, Christians and, uh, of course, the, the, the flock, if you will. They have a responsibility, of course, to, you know, accept their leaders and and honor their leaders and recognize the work their leaders do and love their leaders and follow their leaders and remember it says again it says those that are over you in the lord and that's what the leader has to remember amen <laughs> that they're over them but in the lord it is god that gave them their position acts 20:28 20, says this take heed therefore unto yourselves talking to the leaders And to all the flock over which, notice this, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And so any man that stands behind a pulpit or any man that is fortunate enough to have the position of a pastor or a missionary, the case may be, they should be able to say, hey, I am here, right? I was given this position or put in this position, By the Holy Ghost. In other words, I know that this moment I'm standing the will of God, and the reason I have this position is not because I'm anything or I'm anybody or I deserve anything or I'm better than me. I'm here for one reason because for whatever reason, God chose to put me in this position. It's the Holy Ghost, amen, that has put me here. But let's look at this thought of admonition. Again, the word means warning, exhortation, right? And of course, uh, uh, it can be a word of encouragement, but reproof, which leads to correct behavior. And that's the goal. Amen. When you when you when you get on to somebody, so to speak, or 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 give them warning from the word of God. It's not again, not like Paul said, we're not here to shame you. We're not here to embarrass you. But what? We want you to have correct behavior in your life. Right. It's for instruction and training. Right. And uh, we have that responsibility by by act and discipline. And instruct with appeal, again, our, our our desires that the word of God or as as we uh, warn people about things that might be going to life and uh, things that they need to get straight, our desires that the word of God and the spirit of God would work on their conscience. Amen and convict them about whatever's going on, that God would work on, the word of God and the Spirit of God would work on their will and they would uh, instead of uh, uh, surrendering their will, but they would surrender that will to God's will and uh, uh, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And of course their reasoning uh, faculties that they realize, man, what in the world, why in the world would I, am I doing these things when I know I'm a child of God? Why would I want to be making bad decisions and, and, and being in, bringing reproach to the name of Christ if I claim to be a child of God when I know, amen, that this is not what a child of God should be doing? So that thought of admonition emphasizes this, proper training. Think about that thought. God, as our Heavenly Father, right, He wants His children to have proper training, right? As parents, what do you want? You want your children to be properly, God wants uh, children to be properly trained, by their parents. And that's why he mentions that in uh, the Word of God. So, as God warned us, we are to warn uh, each other. We're to warn our children, right, about the, the, the pitfalls of life. These young people, uh, we want to warn them. You know, the other day, uh, uh, Pastor Cole asked me to come down and uh, <coughs> share my testimony. And uh, so maybe I shared a little bit more than I might normally would, but that was the purpose. He had me down there. But one of the first things I said before I started said, listen, when I talk about when I start talking about my testimony or somebody's giving their testimony, you know, Paul gave his testimony a lot uh, when he preached or spoke. It's not to glorify sin. It's not to say, oh, man, uh, you know, that I I did all these things. No, uh uh-uh. But it's to glorify the power of the gospel that no matter uh, how much your life was messed up or how much your life is messed up, the power of the gospel is there. Amen. The finished work of Christ is there to to save you and can transform your life and bring you from where you are to where you should be uh, uh, in Christ. And so uh, uh, that's a that's that's a that's a wonderful thing. But once we're saved Right, We have the responsibility to uh, watch over each other and warn each other and those that God puts over us to be there and help us stay on the, the right track. But we, even these children, even if they're not saved, it's important to preach the Word of God and teach them the Word of God and, again, warn them of the pitfalls of life and the consequences of not being obedient to God's Word. So let me give you three words, admonition, authority, and absolutes. You know what? Those are three things that the world doesn't like to be today, right? They don't want to be reproved of their sin. They don't want to submit to authority. And boy, they don't like hearing about uh, the absolutes uh, in God's Word. But God gave us many authorities to protect us in our life. Of course, the Bible is an authority. The church is an authority. And, you know, uh, uh, today when you talk about anything like the church being authority or the pastor being authority, you know, even a lot of uh, believers, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you know why you almost never see church discipline? No, the Bible talks about church discipline. But if if you tried to practice church discipline today, right? If we really did what we were supposed to do, you know, people that are supposed to be saved would probably mock you and laugh. You're like, well, who do you think you are? But you know what? If they really understood the authority that God put in their life when they got saved and the gravity that they should have towards the responsibility of being a church member and the responsibility of of living a godly life once you're saved and understood what God really expects, then we wouldn't take it as lightly as many many people do. But God gave us these authorities because He loves us and He cares about us. And so, of course, God is the authority and that's where all authority starts. And any authority, right, once it gets away from God's authority, whether it's the government, whether it's a, a pastor or uh, even a, a church, will they lose their right to have any authority? You know, Israel's rebellion and consequent wilderness wanderings serve as an example for us. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And he gives a, he gives a, a warning here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we'll just begin in verse... In verse 5, says this, verse 5 through 12. He talks about the, the, the children of Israel, but he says this, But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Now, here he is. He, who's he talking about? Israel. Who's God's people? Israel. But he says he was not well pleased with them, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were what? These things were our examples to the intent that what? That we should look at them. See, that's why it's important to read all the word of God. You know, uh, I, I, and so I know sometimes you get in the Old Testament, and you get bogged down with some of those things. You know, when I first got saved and I'd read in the Old Testament and I'd read how God blessed Israel, then they turn around and do something stupid and I'd say, man, those people are so stupid. What in the world's wrong with them? God did all this for them. And then they still turn around and do stupid things. But after I was a Christian for a while, I started taking a little bit easier on Israel. I said, man, I'm as stupid as Israel. Right. That's why he puts us in there. He said, listen, you need to look at Israel and uh, let, let that be an example to you. Right. You know, and he says there that, that, that we should look at that and say, oh, man, man, Israel, man, they had all those opportunities. Why in the world did they get off track? Why in the world did they get yield to their lust? Why in the world did they, they, they follow those other nations? And we should let that be in us, man. After all God's done for me, why would I want to give into my flesh? Why would I want to go back in the, the world? Why would I want to let these other things influence me instead of God's word and God's will? Verse six: That you should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted; neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Hey, listen, you may not lose your salvation if you get out there and sin, right? We know you can't lose your salvation, but you know what? You may lose a lot of years that you could have served the Lord. You might lose a lot of opportunities that you could have served the Lord with because your life is cut short. "...neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer." Now all these things happened to them for in samples. There it is again. Example, in sample. And they are written, here it is, verse 11, "...for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are to come. Wherefore let him that thinketh thee stand take heed lest he fall." Notice that word, admonition. So it's like God says, look at this. Let this be a warning to you, believers. Right? These verses are an admonition, not to the lost. These verses aren't for the lost. This is for admonition to believers. Because the Israel, what? They were the children of God. We're saved. We're the children of God. And this is warning believers. Hey, uh, don't get away from God. Don't fall back into sin. And notice what it says in verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh these stand, take heed lest he fall. Boy, it, I, don't, I don't care. We, we can think we're the most spiritual uh, person in church today. We can think, man, I mean, hey, boy, if everybody was like me, we'd have a good church, right? I hope you don't. <laughs> I'm scared to think that, uh, right? <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I wish I could be as holy as brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. That's what I'm <laughs> thinking, Right? But, you know, that, that is warning. And you know what? When I look at some of the people since I've been saved, people that I used to look up to and how, 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 how they've fallen into sin and things that happened in their life, that scares me to death. I think, man, if that could happen to them, boy, who am I? Let that, I want to I look at that life. I want to look at that one that, you know, uh, 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 men that I consider great preachers and then got into sin. Some even uh, committed suicide or, or got away uh, from the Lord. I, I think of a good friend of Brother Moyers and I, that man, just I look at that and I said, man, all that wasted potential. What a, what a wasted uh, life. Now the world would look at, look at them and say, man, they're successful. They got a successful business. They got their success. and, but I look at it and I say, man, what a wasted life. What a wasted life that they could have been serving God. But I'm glad that God put those things in there and say, yeah, that's right. I've saved you. I've redeemed you. You're my child. But you know what? You better pay attention, right? You, you better not think that you've arrived. You better not think that you're better than anybody else because if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. So, again, we think about the lost needing to be warned. We say, yeah, we need to get out there and warn them. But, hey, uh, believers, we need to be warned. And we, we need to continuously do checkups as believers. Acts twenty thirty one says, therefore, watch. And Paul says this to another group in Acts, in Acts 20, 31. He says, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. He says, warn with tears. Again, it's heartbreaking to see a believer go back into the world, fall into sin and waste their life. And so, uh, 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 as preachers, as pastors, we have a responsibility, amen. Not just to to, to love those that God puts us over, not just to uh, uh, weep with those and, and, and comfort those that we're over, but amen, the responsibility to warn them that even as a child of God, they listen. They shouldn't. Tr- they should. They shouldn't even trust their own heart. Well, I, almost every day I pray God. You know, Lord, protect me from my own heart. That's how I, I pray that. Lord, protect me from my own heart. Well, if I gave into my own heart, I'm afraid. where I Let alone somebody call me up and saying, hey, Jeff, let's go to this or let's go do that. Hey, I don't have to be influenced by that. I got to be warned and be careful of what would come out of my own heart if I try, don't stay close to the Lord. And then, of course, God gave us one another. We care for one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And where we have responsibility to instruct one another, not only about what is right, but what is wrong. Even the Bible tells us to watch out for one another and brothers and sisters and, and doing that in the right spirit. Not, not jumping up on somebody and condemning them, but, hey, brother, you know, I've, I, I, I feel like I'm noticing something. I said, you know, I just want to check in on you and make sure that, you know, everything's all right. Or, sister, I just want to make sure everything's all right in your life. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. What? Teaching and admonishing one another and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen. Uh, admonishing there. 2 Thessalonians 3, ye 15. Yet count them not as an enemy, but admonish him, what? As a brother. Here's a good one. Romans 15, 14. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brother, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. And what? Able also to admonish one another. Hey, listen, uh, if, if if there's something going on in my life, hey, I, I would pray that one of my brothers in, uh, 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 would, would have enough, right, to be willing to come up to me and say, hey, hey, brother, something going on? Are you all right? You know, what's going on? Hey, th- listen, I, I would hope that uh, I'd have brothers that, that would care enough for me enough that they'd be willing to, you know, again, with a right spirit. But also say maybe something uh, that that I need to hear and help me help me to be account- accountable. Hey, listen, I, I can say I've certainly had to admonish uh, family members. I've certainly had to admonish uh, uh, fellow brothers uh, you know uh, uh, fellow uh, uh, preachers. I mean, I've been talking to uh, friends of mine on the phone and they they tell me something. I'm like, well, hey brother, I don't know. I don't. Uh, that, that's I don't think that's something that I would allow. Uh, in my church, or that's something that I'd, you know, or, or, you know, they'd tell me something their assistant pastor's doing. I'd say, well, hey, you know, that's, that's your church. But if it was me, I'd have fired them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've said that to uh, fellow preacher, friends of mine in the right spirit, hopefully. Right. But listen, we, we need to, we need to care enough about one another that we're willing to do that because I want people that care enough about me that are willing to do that if that's necessary. And of course, we know we have the responsibility to stand against false doctrine and admonish those. Titus 3.10, a man that is an heretic after the first and second, admonish and reject. By word and act, God wants us also, again, our children, to train our children in the different areas of life. Ephesians 6.4 four. We see that word, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture. Here it is, admonition of the Lord. Notice that, of the Lord. It matters what you teach your children. The Lord, I guarantee you, would not approve of most of the training and teaching most children get today, especially in public schools. I mean, it's shocking that in a country like America, the things that are being taught in our schools today. So parents, we have, listen, don't turn your uh, uh, children. That's why it's so important at a young age, you know? I mean, of course, uh, we prefer homeschooling, we prefer Christian schools, but if some reason you think you have to send your children to a, a, a public school, well, you better make sure that that children, right, don't, even if you bring them to church all the time, you better be teaching them at home. You better be getting them the word of God at home and realize that's your responsibility as the parent Listen, the church is there to help you. Others are there to help you. But that's your responsibility as a parent, right, that nurtured means proper discipline. Well, you don't hear discipline anymore. You can't do nothing. You know, uh, you say, well, man, you can't, you can't spank children in school anymore. Yeah, but listen, okay, forget school. Most parents don't do it anymore. Most parents uh, won't uh, discipline a child or a uh, 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 whoop a child. But Listen, I, I thank God. Uh, that they could do it when I was growing up in school. I mean, I remember the first time I got my mouth washed out soap. Yeah, fifth, kindergarten, I don't know what I said, but I remember that big white bar of soap they put in my mouth, you know, oh, I remember that. And first time I got a paddling, first grade, because I left uh, school property during recess. Can you believe I knew something like that in first grade? That's also the first time my dad caught me trying to skip school was first grade, right? Caught me hiding behind the garage. But, you know, but, you know I remember almost all my principals, Right. Not principals like, you know, things, but Mr. Thomas, Mr. Gallagher. Right. I still remember them, uh, to this day. Uh, and Mr. Quayle and Mr. Adam, all the people that could paddle hard. But you know what? But you know what? I look now, maybe I didn't appreciate them then. But I thank God that they that they had that. Amen. In school. I certainly don't believe in abuse, but I still believe in, in, in proper biblical discipline. And we need that not only back in our schools, hey, just to get it back in our homes. Uh, Today, even Christian homes would make a big difference. Admonish to give proper counsel, to give proper counsel. Children at a young age need to learn the importance of having and being obedient to authority. Well, you teach them that authority uh, at home. Right. And you should teach it to them in school. Hey, do teachers always get anything right? But hey, uh, uh, even though uh, the, the, my children are mostly homeschool, but when they, even when they went to a Christian uh, school, if they said something about a teacher, I didn't say, well, I'm going to tell you. Hey, I'd take my uh, child to school and I'd say, OK, let's let's hear what you said about that teacher. If you can, you say it in front of the teacher, well, let's check that thing out. And if the teacher was wrong, well, then we'll we'll talk to the teacher. But we always gave the benefit to authority right? Always give the benefit to authority to teach them authority. We are to warn, listen, we warn our children about physical danger. Hey, don't touch that hot stove, right? Look both ways when crossing the street. How much more about uh, 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 spiritual dangers? Even as adults, believers, right? Our lives stay on track and in the right direction as we yield to authorities God has put in our life. So people must know the dangers of an unsurrendered life, get saved, and then surrender your life to the authorities that God brings into your life, right, when you're saved. And of having the importance of having uh, wrong uh, or or the the danger of having wrong values and priorities in life and unfaithfulness to God uh, in general. And so uh, thank God for the authorities that He's put in our life to, to, to be there to warn us and give us the admi- admonitions that we need in life. But thank God we have a perfect example. I'll finish up here. Christ, of course, is our perfect example. First Thessalonians 2:21, "For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His, his steps. And He's our perfect example. But listen, I know we want people to talk nice to us and care about us, but listen, we need to thank God for the warnings and admonitions, right, that he brings into our life because he loves us so much. He not only tells us to love us, he not only gives us grace, but he warns us about the dangers of sin and the dangers of not living a life according to the word of God and his will. Let's pray.